Kilaim, Perkhes, Mishnah 8, 8.5. The mission discusses a variety of different exotic animals and their status in halacha. The first is Haprutios. Haprutios are some kind of mule, but as we said in the previous Mishnah, uh, there are two types of mules. Mules that the mother is a horse and mules whose mother is a donkey. Now, Haprutios, and we said there's a difference, and they're Kilaim, you have to be afraid that you can't cross-work them or cross-breed them either um, for fear that the two different types are considered two different species. So Prutios, the problem is you can't tell whether they come from a mother who's a horse or a mother who's a donkey. And therefore, Asuros, they're forbidden to cross-work, meaning if you have any two Prutios, you can't hitch them up together to work because there's a fear that one came from a mother donkey and one came from a mother horse, and they're kilaim zebazeh. Okay, the Ramach. Now we have the Ramach. The Ramach also not clear exactly what kind of sort of wild horse it is, but the point is mutar. It's considered a wild horse, and one can indeed hook it up with regular horses, and that's not considered kilaim. Next we have the famous and mysterious adne hasadeh. Now adne hasadeh literally means um, masters of the field, most likely, um, and According to the vast majority of Mepharshim, based on the Yerushalmi's treatment, it's some kind of humanoid, human-like creature that is mysteriously attached to the ground via its belly button um, and has unusual properties. Now, to the best of my zoological understanding or anyone else's um, that I'm aware of, um, there are no members of the animal kingdom that nourish themselves from the ground. That's not how animals do things. And um, there's no creature that even kind of really resembles this. So it, its identity is a mystery. Certainly, if one understands it, um, as Yushalmi seems to explain it, as some creature that's attached to the ground by its belly button. Now, many more modern commentaries um, in the past couple hundred years have struggled to figure out exactly what's going on over here. Um, Rav Shimon Schwab, for example, understood that the Attachment to the ground is metaphorical. Um, and he says in, in Mayan base Sashoeva, on the Pasuk in Bracious, Perk base, uh, Pasuk Chav Gimel, uh, Genesis 2.23, that um, it's metaphorical. And what's going on over here is this is some kind of like primitive um, man, like maybe they never got a neshama, like before that, the predates Adam Rishon or whenever it was in that line. And um, and uh, that being the case, he sort of has no no Ruchni component, and so he's totally hooked up, metaphorically, to to Gashmis and Olam Hazeh. That's, that's as opposed to having a hookup to, to the Ruchni world, the spiritual world, and Olam Haba, etc. So that's Rav understanding, um, which is fascinating. Um. The Tver Yisrael here on the Mishnah has a long piece, and he ends up saying that it is um, an orangutan. Now, an orangutan is one of the three great apes. Um, three great apes are like monkeys, but bigger, I'll call them. And um, their body plan is very similar to a human, quite similar. So you have orangutans, you have chimpanzees, and you have gorillas. Orangutans being the smallest, chimpanzees being medium size and the most um, resemble to human beings and gorillas, which are in fact larger. Now, when he says orangutan, it's very likely that in Germany, where he was, 
um, that wasn't specific to the orangutan as opposed to the chimp or the gorilla. Um, and in fact, the Malbim understands that it's referring to both orangutans or chimpanzees, as the case may be. And the Rambam in the Parish Mishnah similarly just describes like a large ape. So it could well be that we're talking any of the great apes, um, which are human-like. Um, whatever the case may be, the Mishnah says that this Adne Hasadeh is a Chaya, has the status of being a Chaya, um, as opposed to a behemoth, which has very limited application. Anyways, um, beyond if someone had a zoo and he sold all the chayos as opposed to the behemos, so the adne asad would be included in the sale if he included just the, the chayos, etc. Okay? What's really fascinating is that Rabiosi says, Rabiosi Omer, metamos ba'ol ka'adam. These creatures, the adne asad, whatever they are, they're animals. They're not humans. They mean, even, even according to Rav Schwab, there's not a human as much as does not have, doesn't have a neshama. And certainly if it's a chimpanzee or an orangutan or whatever, it doesn't have a neshama, it's an animal. And yet Rabiosi held that they conveyed Tuma um, as a corpse, as only human bodies do, via the mechanism called Ohel, uh, which means being under the same roof as or being over or under um, the recipients of, of the Tuma. So that's remarkable. So Rabiosi holds that these things are so close to being humans, they actually convey Tuma like a human corpse uh, when they're dead. Um, fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Moving on, the, the mission says Hakupad. Hakupad is a porcupine. We have porcupines in Eritrea to this very day, and they're big and surprising. And um, along with the Chudas Hasniim, which means um, the article translate this as stone martin. A martin, which is not so different from a weasel, etc., which is, a, is, is like a small, kind of like rodenty creature. Um, it's carnivorous. And a sne is like a bush, as in the burning bush. Um, so this is like a, a bush weasel, literally translated perhaps, um, or perhaps a stone martin, as the article translates it. Um, so both of these creatures have a din of being a chaya, um, as opposed to being sherets. Now that's significant, um, besides for if you're selling your zoo, and what you include in the contract, but also um, for the halachas of Tuma and Tahara. So when it comes to Tuma, there are eight special creatures that are called Shiratsim, the famous Shmona Shiratsim, the eight Shiratsim. Sheratsim is like a small crawly creature, and the Shiratsim comprise a variety of different creatures. Um, some of them are like rats and other kinds of um, rodents. Some of them are reptiles, perhaps. Uh, even maybe amphibians, if you have um, the toads and frogs, um, and perhaps even mollusks, Rashi learns that the chomet, anyways, is a snail. So small creatures that crawl close to the ground are shiratsim, um, and there's specifically eight of them, and only eight, that have the special status of sherets, uh, as opposed to a generic chaya, wild animal, a small wild creature. So the difference is, and this is really, for some reason, confounds people, the shmona shiratsim, those eight sherets creatures, are a the least tame in a way of all creatures, not the most, at least tame in a way, um, as I'll explain more in a second. And also, more importantly, they do not convey tuma like all other animals. No animals, no animals convey tuma if they're alive. Tuma only is conveyed from dead animals. Um, they can be it can be conveyed from living people, but living animals do not ever convey tuma. So when we talk about the Shmana Shratzim, the eight 
have eight specific creatures that are called the Sheretz that convey Tuma in an unusual way, with unusual Tuma status. We're talking about the dead carcasses of these creatures. So the Shmona Sheretzim convey Tuma, there's eight categories of Sheretz, convey Tuma um, exclusively through Maga, direct contact, as opposed to um, other terrestrial creatures, if you have a dead horse or something. So it conveys Tuma not just through direct contact, but also by bearing its weight. That is to say, if you go into the grocery store in New York and you pick up a pork chops covered in, you know, saran wrap, so you didn't touch any of the actual flesh of a dead pig, um, your tummy anyways, because you, um, you, you lift it up, called masa, you, you bore the weight of um, the pig flesh, and that's enough to make your tummy even without direct contact. Not true by the Shmona Shratzen. If you have a dead rat and it's wrapped in cellophane and you pick up the saran wrap covered dead rat, you remain tahor because you didn't have direct contact. So on the one hand, these Shmona Shratzen are less tumma potent in as much as they don't convey tumma unless you have direct contact with them. Whereas other dead animals um, having contact or bearing their weight um, with their flesh can convey tumma. So they're more potent in that way. On the other hand, uh, when it comes to these eight shiratsim, so the flesh that conveys tuma, and I should point out, when it comes to animals, it's only the flesh, the meat, which conveys tuma, not the bone, etc., um, horns, etc., etc. So if you have, you see, like if you ski a whatever dead animal skeleton out there in the desert, and you pick it up, you remain tahor. You have to move meat or touch meat. In any case, um, the amount of meat of dead flesh from a sheretz that is required to convey tuma is only ka'adasha, um, the amount of a lentil, which is very small. A lentil, like whatever. Uh, if you don't know what lentils are, think of mini M&Ms. If you've seen those, like the ice cream parlor, they're tiny. So lentil, small like that. So even that much flesh from a sheretz, like a dead rat, um, would convey tuma when you touch it directly. Um, whereas when it comes to other creatures, uh, to convey tuma, a lentil's amount is not enough. One needs a kazayas and olives volume of flesh to convey tuma. So there you have it. There's a stricture and a leniency when it comes to the eight shiratsim. On the one hand, they don't convey tuma by bearing their weight, masa. On the other hand, um, they do convey tuma with just a lentil's amount of flesh as opposed to the usual requirements of a Kazanis and olives amount of flesh. So here the Mishnah is saying that the kupa, the porcupine, and the chudasnim, they are both chayos, they're wild creatures, but they're not shiratsim. They're not one of the eight shiratsim, and which is interesting as much as that the um the choled is one of choled is one of the shmona shiratsim. So they're similar to shiratsim, but they're actually not shiratsim in that sense, just chayos. Um, now on that point, there's some disagreement in as much as the Mishnah says chudas hasnim. When it comes to the, again, literally I'll translate it as the bush weasels, but let's call them stone martens, whatever they are, some kind of small, like I said, some kind of small carnivore, um, whatever they are, Rebbe Yossi Omer, Beishame Omrim, Beishame wasn't sure. Beishame wasn't sure if the Chudas Asniyim is in fact a Sheretz or a generic Chaya, generic one creature, and therefore he requires, according to Rebbe Yossi, Beishame requires that one is strict both ways, meaning if the way in which one came into contact with the dead chudas hasnim was through 
um, direct contact, maga. So then, even if it was just a lentils amount, ka'adasha, the order would have to, he'd have to assume he's tame, because maybe the, this chuldas sasnim is in fact a sheretz. Whereas if he, um, bore its weight through masa, he lifted it up, even without direct contact, he also has to be afraid that he became tame, provided, of course, that he bore the weight or lifted up a full kazayas olives amount of flesh of a chuldas sasnim. That's the word saying our inside. I'll read them two more time. Chuldas sasnim, when it comes to the chuldas sasnim creature, Rabbi Omer, Rabbi said that Rabbi said, Mitama, both ways, either Kazayas Bamasa, by lifting up, even without direct contact, an olive's amount of flesh of the Chodosasinim, Vechadasha, and it conveys Tuma, even with a tiny amount of a lentil, volume, Bamaga, if you come to direct contact. Um, but, anyways, the Halach wouldn't be like Beisham, anyways, it would be like Beisheloh, so we would pass that the Chodosasinim, whatever it is, is a Chaya and not a Sheretz.